<clears throat> he's representative, of course, in division. But I want you to notice here that we have several different characters. In verse 1, he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. So we have Joshua, we have the angel of the Lord, and we have St- Satan standing on his right hand to resist him. Now, Joshua truly was sinful, and he had nothing to say on his own behalf. He remained totally silent as we look at this episode in the Scripture. But because he was chosen of God and he represented the nation of Israel, then I want you to notice who speaks on his behalf. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity, praise God, to pass from thee, I will clothe thee with change of raiment. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, as we approach you today, we're so thankful, Lord Jesus, that we're still pressing on, dear God, in this time that our nation, our world is facing right in the middle of this pandemic. And yet, Lord God, we thank you for your protection. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that no words in our own mind can we ever be able to express to tell you how much we love you and how much we thank you for the opportunity to be able to live for you and for you to be able to keep us in such a time as this. Lord Jesus, we're asking that you'd help us today as we look into your word. I ask you, Father, that you would illuminate us and enlighten us to a further understanding of your character and of your nature. Also, Father, of that of our enemy. We know that we're in a great battle. It's not enough just to know you. It's not enough just to understand and love you, and that we do, and we want to. But we know to, to defeat our enemy, we, mo- almost, we must also understand his ways, his nature, his character, in the way that he does things. So I pray that you would enlighten us today as we look into your word in the name of the Lord Jesus. And all the saints that are streaming said, Amen. Well, I only heard a handful, but I trust that's all ringing through all the rest of the places out there too. God bless you, brothers. You all may be seated as well. I know it's very hard for us to try to understand a being like like Lucifer, which has now become Satan. And as we look more and more into the Word, the more we realize how different that he is than what our Father is, everything that God is. He's, of course, the opposite. But there's certain things about God that he wants to be like. That is, that he desires to be uh, the greatest being that there is. He desires to be worshipped. He desires to be exalted, and that he, he has been doing in this last day, of course, by his church, because his church has crowned him in their lives, and they're fixing to crown him to be king of the world. You know that, but it'll only be short-lived. But we're able to see, as he accused Job, 
Job and how that he went before the throne of God and God testified of Job's traits, character, because of the fellowship that God had had with him. But in this setting in Zechariah, we see something that is totally different. Now, Satan, because God has an elect and God has always had a chosen people that he's made his own. He's had a, a foolish virgin, a lot type, a church type. But God has always had that elect group which go beyond just the natural, average, everyday person. And we know that because of that, Satan hates them with such a hatred. And he absolutely would do anything in his power to be able to destroy them if possible. So Satan, the Bible identifies him, of course, in the book of Revelation as being called the accuser of the brethren. And we know that there must be something about us that even after our regeneration that is left that can be brought before him, the tribunal, that he is able to accuse us. And of course, we know it is our failures, it is our mistakes, it is our shortcomings, and we all still have them because we're human beings. And we all, all have that unregenerate part about us that Satan can accuse before the throne of God. But here in this state, we break into a symbol, and the time is to where that the temple is going to be rebuilt. Now, Satan does not want this to happen. Any achievement that God desires to accomplish, Satan wants to stop it in every means that he can. So in this time frame, we're dealing to where that part of the people of God have returned from the Persian capital, and they've come with the priests, they've come with the leader, they've come with different ones to be able to set the cycle of the fulfillment of the word back in motion. Now what we see is that this is the season for this portion of the word to come to pass. And this is what Satan ultimately hates is when he sees a promise of the word of God and he's able to pick up on it that it's about time for that promise to be fulfilled. Then Satan wants to do everything he can to throw things in front of that promise that will confuse the people on the promise or it will get the people sidetracked on the promise and they'll look at their worries, they'll look at their troubles or he'll send forerunners in front of the promise and we know of course that he done that in the days of John the Baptist he done it in the days of the Lord Jesus he done it even in our day when it was time for God to fulfill Malachi 4 and Satan sent other men to forerun that promise and said they were Elijah so whenever Brother Branham came then what did they do? They put him in the same category as John Alexander Dowie and many other men that said they were Elijah because Satan hates for the promise of God to come to pass. Now in this particular era of time, it is the time that Jeremiah's prophecy of the 70 weeks, in which Daniel also talked about, that they was going to come into the cycle and the beginning of this was going to start. Now Daniel of course saw it in weeks measurement but Jeremiah saw it in years. So, But they correlated together that the fulfillment was going to start in that cycle. Now whenever this happens Happens, then Satan wants to do whatever is at his means available to stop that promised word. Now may I run up a little bit and say to you and I that we also have a promised word for our day. And we know that Brother Branham has done come and fulfill his part. But yet we as the bride have an anointed portion of the word which is given to us. Now we know we cannot keep from being concerned about the coronavirus and sickness and so on and so on. But to me 
see, our focus should not be just on this every day. You can listen to the president's update every day. You can listen to what the doctor's saying. You can check your phone to see how many's got it, how many's dead. And if you're not careful, you'll find this creating such a fear and such a trauma around your life. Should we be aware? Absolutely. But don't be so aware of all the negative things that are going on that you overlook the positive things that our God is still God. It is, is it a fearful time? Yes, it is. Is it a scary time humanly? No doubt it is. But the time of God's promise is just as real right now in the middle of this pandemic as it was before it ever struck. And keep this in mind. This thing has come and it will do what it's supposed to do and it will go right on. But the church of the living God will be exactly where we ought to be and we will still be synchronized to the promise of God's word for this hour. Now, do we wash our hands? Do we do everything? We keep our social distancing, of course. But I don't want to social distance God. In this time when we're talking about it, the Bible tells me the angels of the Lord encamp about those that are... You know what? I don't find nowhere where God puts them on a six-foot distance that they've got to stay away from it. So I believe that we can be just as close to the presence of God during this time frame as we want to be. Or we can distance ourselves and be scared to death or we can say you know what I'm going to wash my hands I'm going to wear a mask I'm going to do all of that but I'm still going to love God I'm going to worship God and I'm going to be positive right in the middle of it because my Bible still tells me oh hallelujah that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory he also tells me if you abide in me and my words abide in you then ask what you will and I will do it that's in the time of pandemic and when there is no pandemic his word is still real now what Satan is going to try to do is to stop God from allocating the grace which is needed for them to be able to build and restore the temple. Now remember this was a prophetic word of God uttered by Jeremiah and Jeremiah himself of course is not alive at this time but the people of the book who've been synchronized for the season and the time they go to feeling this urge and they go to feeling this pull and, and Nehemiah begins to grieve and say you know he's got this sad look on his face and he's the cupbearer and Haggai and some of the different ones they begin to feel the burden to go back to Jerusalem and they've done their part as far as where it is but there is another increment of the portion of the word that must be fulfilled now they've, they've rebuilt the walls they begin to do these different things but they still don't have the temple that's been rebuilt yet and it's going to take a greater allocation of grace to fulfill the building of the temple than it was the rebuilding of the wall. Now remember the temple is to typify the very embodiment of deity itself. So it takes grace to build a wall for sure. But it takes more grace to build a habitation of God than it would a wall. This is why when the headstone comes in the last days prior to the rapture it will not be crying law law. It will not be crying 
money, money. It will be crying grace, grace. Because the bride is the completion of the buildup of the habitation of God. Now here in the vision when Zacharias sees the vision and we know of course prophets sing visions and they would be in symbols and they would have to be interpreted. So as we read this in Zechariah, we're able to see that the prophet was called into that sphere of a vision. So as he sees this man whose name is Joshua. Now let's read this if you would in Haggai 1.1. In the second year of Darius the king in the sixth month, in the first day of the month came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel the son of Shelatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedet, the high priest. Now here is the Joshua that God had allowed Zechariah to see in the vision. But remember now Joshua and Zerubbabel they do not just represent themselves, but they symbolize the nation of Israel as a whole. As John of course symbolized the whole bride when he took the book and ate the book. Now we know that God would allow one man as God allowed Adam to symbolize the entirety of the human race so God allowed the Lord Jesus to, to symbolize the entirety of the redemptive work of God. So here's Zerubbabel and Joshua. They are standing there in this vision. And God is going to restore now the full restoration of the word. And what's Satan going to do? Every Everything in his power to stop it from happening. Now what's he going to do to the fulfillment of the bride? If there is no bride on the earth in the last days, then the success of Calvary will only go right up to six ages, right up to the very end of the seventh. But the very capping of the work of the cross, the very capping of the work of the baptism of the Holy Ghost will be a bride in such unison before the Lord that her and her groom will become one insomuch that the word will become the flesh and the flesh will become the word. And Satan will do everything in his power to stop us as the elect of God from fulfilling that part of the promised word. Now we know the prophet tells us in future home in order to be the bride you've got to recognize what part of that word you are. As a matter of fact it goes on the next paragraph and says you cannot recognize somebody else's position. And yet that's, that's what Satan wants many of the message people to do. They rally around Brother Branham and they keep telling us Brother Branham was this and Brother Branham was that and all Brother Donnie's this and that, that's wonderful and good for Brother Donnie and for Brother Branham but every one of you every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, you have got to recognize your position in Christ Jesus because if you don't, he said you cannot recognize being the bride. Now Joshua of course could not take Zerubbabel place, nor could Zerubbabel take Nehemiah, nor Nehemiah take Haggai. So each of them had to find their place as the allocation of the word is going to be fulfilled. So here now God picks Joshua. He is a member of the Kohathites, which was the priests, of course. And by that, in his own life was sins because this man had married out of the broken covenant of God. So in that, he was able to be used in the vision. Now here that Zechariah is standing there and his eyes break into the realm of the fourth dimension. So he sees God, the Spirit, on the throne. Then he sees the angel of the Lord, the theophany of God.
God, the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord is standing between Zechariah and the just judgment of God. But he also sees as he's standing there that there is someone else who is Satan. And Satan is standing there on, on his right hand, which on the right hand was the one that was going to accuse and the one that was going to bring every accusation that he could bring against this man. But whenever he stands there, then the scripture back again in Zechariah 3, 2, and the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. So here he shows him the high priest, Joshua. The angel of the Lord is the Messiah. But the high priest is also representative of the entire nation of Israel because God wants to rebuild the temple. But the fact of it is, they're not worthy for the temple to be rebuilt. And Joshua represents the entirety of that nation as the high priest would bear the symbols of the 12 tribes on the Urim Thummim and they, it was their birthstones when he would go in there he represented every man in that tribe. Once a year he would go in behind the veil and there he would offer the sacrifice and if God accepted the sacrifice for the high priest he accepted it for the entirety of the nation. So here in the vision Joshua stands there and whenever Zechariah looks at him he he has on dirty clothes. So he's filthy and he has on filthy garments. And don't you believe my brother, sister, I guarantee you, the devil, when he looked at them filthy garments, he said, uh-oh, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I'm waiting for. He talks us into doing things that sometimes as stupid as they can be. And everybody said, we all make mistakes and we fall short of the glory of God. And it's that devil that talks us into it. And when we do it, what does he do? He'll go right before the throne of God with what? Your filthy garments. So much of the time when Satan is accusing us, he's not always representing lies, but he's taking the frailty of our humanity as if though he doesn't understand. He cannot, oh hallelujah, he cannot understand the love the angel of the Lord, which is the Lord Jesus, has for us. He looks at us and he sees our frailty. He sees our mistakes, Satan does. And he knows that we have this about us. He knows there's never been but one perfect human being that lived on the earth after the fall of Adam. But he cannot comprehend a love that is so deep, a love that is so miraculous that God said, I'll save them in spite of their self. I've got a bride. She was mine before the world ever began. She was my bride before she was a human. She was my bride before she ever come into this life. She was my bride then she's my bride now she'll be my bride after a while after her body has been changed and she's brought back into that image she'll still be my bride but Satan says they've got these problems they've got these issues they've got these fears you know as well as I do they've got these things they struggle with but remember amen you've got somebody standing on your right side which is not the devil you've got somebody at the very right hand of God himself that said father forgive them father forgive them yes they make mistakes yes father they fall short of your glory but I stood for them and they are standing for me forgive them father glory, glory. hallelujah all oh, that ought to make everyone else want to get up and have a spell now Satan stands right there at the right hand 
Notice the symbolism. The right hand of Joshua. Hallelujah. In Revelation 12.10, he's called the accuser of the brethren. One who's represented, my, my, to bring all of our faults and all of our failures as he did about Job. For the accuser, now what is this setting? It's actually a court trial. It's a court trial. Here is the justice of Almighty God. The embodiment of that great brilliant light sitting on the throne. And the angel of the Lord come out of the very existence of the throne of God. Which was the heart of God. Christ, the angel of the Lord. And Joshua stands there. Imagine standing before God with dirt on your clothes, dirt on your hands, dirt on your face. And the accuser stands right at your right side. He is your prosecuting attorney. And you stand there with such shame, such humiliation. You have nothing to say. You have no excuse. You have no reasoning to offer. Well, God, if I'd only had more time. Well, God, I'll tell you, I figured that you stand there just like Joshua, condemned. Nothing to say. Nothing for your benefit. Nothing for your good. No reason, no atonement. Absolutely nothing you can say. And the accuser stands on the right side. Notice Psalms 109 verse 5. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. Now you see, it was the belief and the understanding of the Jews that the man on the right hand was your accuser. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. Can't you see why Jesus had to take that place and boot the devil out and move him from being at the right hand of God instead of us having an accuser today on the right hand of God, we've got an intercessor. Hallelujah. The devil can no longer because of the blood of the Lamb of God. He booted him out of that right hand position. He was God's right hand man to fellowship. But when he left that position, he became the right man, the tongue babbler, the accuser, the liar, the false one that was bringing all that. But the Lord Jesus said, I'm coming to move you out of that place. You ain't going to be able to stand there no more by the right hand of God. Get out of here Satan this place belongs now not to the opposing attorney but I am the attorney that represents their desire I represent what they want I represent their seed you represent their mistakes but I represent who they really are hallelujah 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 thank you Lord Jesus it was the will of Jehovah to be able to bring the defilement away from his people. Now remember, he cannot just turn his head and act like it's not there. This is a courtroom. It must be justly done. God acted in electing grace, not because they deserved it. 
If I got what I deserved, I'd be lost. So I call the rest of you. But God does not give me what I deserve. He gives me what he wants to give me. And if he wants to give it, I am going to take it. If he wants to give me grace, I'm going to say, praise God. I ain't worthy. I ain't worthy. I will spend all your time doing that if you want to. I agree. We're not worthy. But if he's offering, I'm taking. That's exactly right. Why? Because he proves his providence and his greatness by being able to give to the elect of God that which they don't even deserve. How can we ever deserve such favor, such wonderful grace of God? Here stands Joshua. He represents the entire nation. The nation is worthy to be damned. They are worthy because they're filthy. Even some of those who moved back into the land, they married women of the Hornites and women of the Amorites and women of the Hittites. This, this Joshua had done likewise. If God give them what they deserved, the accuser on the right hand would said, I'll take them out of hell. But the angel of the Lord had something to say about this. Now, what's God as God wants to change this in a just court of law. So Joshua can't say anything. No doubt the devil must have been running his mouth because God had to rebuke him. Well, if he wouldn't say nothing, why would God rebuke him? So he must have been running his mouth. I want you to look at him this. I want you to look at her. I want you to look at this. I want you to look at that. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. In other words, shut your mouth. Praise be to God. Now what God wants is Israel to be a nation of priests. Amen. So he uses a priest to represent the entirety of the nation. And when the priest stands before the presence of God, he's filthy, he's dirty. He cannot offer sacrifice unto God. So if God can cleanse him as the representative, then the whole nation will be cleansed of those who follow in their faith. <laughs> God, don't you understand why we don't have to be perfect? Don't you understand why? Then we might as well give up the idea of trying to perfect our flesh. Don't perfect it, subject it. We wasted years of our lives trying to bring our flesh perfect and make our flesh perfect. We'll never do it. Instead of focusing on that, let's learn how to subject this flesh of ours to the life of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside. Notice here again in verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Notice where he's at now. He's before the intercessor. The filthy garment is a defilement of sin. Notice in Isaiah 4, verses 3 and 4, He that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion. Isaiah 64, 6. We are all as the unclean, and our righteousness 
Oh, that's filthy rags. Oh, I pray three times a day, Brother Donnie. I read my Bible. I go to church. I do this. Well, then that'd be nice to be able to go to church. I pay my tithes. I buy the wood of some coal. I do this and other. If that's the only thing you're presenting to God, you're standing right there like Joshua was in filthy garments. How do we stand before God? Well, I pray. I read my Bible. We stand on one thing. I accept the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I accept the blood. Oh, I'm in the message of the hour. You can be in the message and still not have the blood applied to you. I'm not standing here with a tape in my hand. I'm not standing here with a picture of Brother Branham or a quote book. I want to stand there with the display of the blood of the Lord Jesus. That's what backs the devil up. Amen. But God speaks this. Notice this. He answered and spake unto those that stood before him. Take away the filthy garments. Notice God is not doing it. But it's the one who stood before him. Praise God. What was it? The heart of God. The Lamb of God. The perpetuation. Of the sins, God cannot stand there, that holy one. So he projected out of his own being, Christ, the Lamb of God, the heart of God. Take away the filthy garments from him. Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I. Notice. There wasn't two of them. Or there wasn't three. There's one person said, Glory, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. And I will clothe thee with the chains of raiment. So the acquittal took form in Joshua's clothes, dirty and soiled and spoiled as they were. The acquittal took form with a change of clothes. So he stood there dirty and defiled and unclean. But the heart of God said, I want a man that can come and take this book as it were. I want a man that can take the book and loose the seals and call my people from their sin. I want a man that can exchange garments with this man and give him a garments that are holy and righteous. And there was only one that was found worthy to take the book and to loose the seals. Hallelujah! It was not a church. It was not a pastor. It was the very heart of God himself. Hallelujah. So when God allowed Joshua to have the acquittal in the form of a change of clothes, the entire nation, glory to God, of those who believe this were identified as acceptable in God. This is why we're accepted today. We're accepted not in Happy Valley Church, We're not accepted so much in the message. We're accepted in the beloved. Notice then, the change of clothes symbolized the forgiveness of his sins and God would accept them as a righteous people. So your Joshua is the defendant. God is the judge. The angel of the Lord is the defense attorney. Satan is the prosecuting attorney. 
Joshua stands in there with nothing to say but guilt all over his face, guilt all over his clothes, guilt all over his actions. But since he couldn't say anything, the judge himself said, is there anyone here who can speak on this man's behalf? This, the prosecuting attorney here has brought all this evidence against him. Is there anyone in the court who can speak for this man's innocence? Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the advocate of God's people, hallelujah, was able to step up and say, I have made a way. What is that way? A new garment. Glory. Hallelujah. Notice then, and I said, I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head. Notice now, he goes from being a rotten, low-down beggar, filthy as he can be. He is now standing in the position of the high priest. Send him there as a priest of God. Amen. Send him there anointed, forgiven. And he didn't just have a change of clothes. But this was the crowning of his office. Oh, may I say to you today, little bride around the world, you're not the scouring of the world. You're not the filthy, low down, rotten, good for nothing that the devil would want you to believe. You are the very queen of his heart. You are the very queen of his very affection. Amen. You caught his eye as the Shulamite did when Solomon went that day up in the north country. Out when he was out riding his chariots and he saw this poor little girl out there and she was keeping her brother's fault. She was brown from the suntan. Oh my, she was darkened as far as the world looked at. But whenever Solomon looked at her, he said, that's a woman after my own heart. And he called her the Shulamite, which is the feminist form of Solomon. Hallelujah. Oh, I ain't got no clothes. I ain't good enough. I don't know how to don't worry about that. I've got the clothes. I've got the title. I've got the name. Amen. Because you match me more than anyone else I've ever met in my life. Hallelujah. And I said, let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. I would like to say to this coronavirus, I'd like to say to every demon out of hell, the angel of the Lord is still standing by. Oh yes, you've come to bring havoc and death. You've come, Satan, to try to destroy You've come to try to instill fear. But our Lord Jesus is here. And we are still a mighty army. Is that right, brothers? Oh, sure, we look around and we see things going around that we never ever thought we'd ever have to deal with. Who thought we'd ever set here in mind unless something drastically changes. Every time Easter rolls around, maybe, maybe a handful like this for Easter morning. It don't seem natural. Brother Wayne was saying a while ago, the first time, even, even in time of war, that the churches of America will not be allowed to meet because of Easter. 
But I'm so glad that Easter's not just one day out of the year. We'd all miss it this year if that's all it was. But this is Easter. Today is Easter. Tomorrow will be Easter. The next day will be Easter because it is the rising of the sun that is raised in our hearts. And we are not dead. We are alive. This is why that we can stand and meet every plague, every pestilence, every disease that Satan brings on us. And what will we do? We'll stand there with our eyes right on the promised word and say, I am the Lord. Lord that healeth thee. I'm the Lord that forgives you. Notice in Revelation chapter 12 verse 7. Let's go back there now. And there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels. Watch how the prophet picks this up in the first seal. And he says in Revelation 12, 7 and 9, when Satan is cast out. Notice now, when Satan is, not when he was, but when he is cast out, the accuser, you want to put that down because I, I want to read it. We haven't got time now because in 15 to 10. But in Revelation 12, 7 and 9, Satan, the spirit, the devil, which is up there now. Listen to this. Accuser of our brethren. The church is taken up and Satan is cast out. Now, even though he lost his position from what he was in heaven, he still has access before the throne of God. What for? To accuse the brethren. I want you to notice the focus of everything that John focuses on right now in his purpose in Revelation 12 to 7, 7 and 9. That that is, he is the accuser of the brethren. Now he didn't say he does plagues, he does pestilence, he does this and the other. But John focused on one thing. Why? Because that one thing is what Satan loves to do before the throne of God right now. During the time of the church ages, he's still been alive to go before the throne of God and accuse who? Brethren. What? Say it with me, brothers. Brethren. Not slaves. Not servants. Brethren. He didn't say he was accusing the foolish virgin church. He didn't say he was accusing the lot type. He's accusing Jesus' brothers. That's not very smart. I said, that's not very smart. So you've got the Lord Jesus, which has produced his own progeny by quickening the seed inside of them that they were born with and that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And yet you've got that lying devil saying, but look what an enemy that we, that we have. That he would stand right before the throne of God. He would walk right before our attorney when he knows our attorney is faithful and true and honest and has a good report. But he is not afraid to stand there and accuse our brother. There's one thing that'll shut him up. Your final change of clothes. Amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What will it do? What is he accusing, Brother Darrell? He's accusing the humanity, our mistakes, our failures, our shortcomings. He can't accuse our new birth. He can't accuse the quickened seed. He cannot accuse the seed germ of God. What's he accuse? Our humanity. Our weaknesses are saying things. Oh, I wish I hadn't have said that. Oh, I wish I hadn't have thought that. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry. Please, Lord, forgive me. Hey, he knows every one of them prayers we make. He knows every one of them things and all that that's there. And yet he goes before. Oh, did you hear Joel? Joel said this. Joel said he was going to give up. Why, Daryl said he was going to quit. Why, Larry said this and that and the other. And he goes right before the throne of God. Hey, aren't them your kids down there? I thought you said them as your boys. 
Boy, they sure ain't acting like sons of God to me. They're awful down. They're so discouraged. I thought you said them as your youngins. But yet here is our high priest sitting but then Satan. The prophet kind of related like this in the seal. He said, they done this, but the lamb said, but I forgive them. And he done this, but I forgive them. And they do that, but I forgive them. And he's constantly there back and forth. But God said, this is the culmination of all the accusations. I'm going to change their garments of humanity. And when I do, glory, hallelujah, when I change their garments of humanity and I give them the crown of life, then Satan will have nothing else that he can accuse because all that he's accused since their new birth has been their humanity and their imagination and their conscience and so on and so on. But when I change that, he'll have not one other thing he can accuse so and she he goes up. He comes down. Why? He can't say nothing else. Why? We shut up his mouth. Amen. You imagine the Lord Jesus standing there for years since we've been saved, pleading our cause, pleading our case, pleading our cause daily, over and over again. And what finally shuts up the devil? Yourself in a new body. <laughs> Praise be to God. I wish it happened this morning. So they said, What they done so and so? And look at that, they done so and said, There they are. Well, how, there they are. How, how did, oh my Lord. She goes up, he goes down. <laughs> Because we deserve it. Because we're chosen. Notice this. The prophet said, Satan, that spirit, the devil, the church is taken up. The church is taken up. And Satan is cast. So does that sound like a nice little, uh, would you care to kind of leave us alone? Now we're going into the marriage supper. Would you kind of cast? Brother Wayne, how do you nicely cast people in jail? How do you nicely pick them up and they're drunk and done this and that and the other? You grab a hold of them, you handcuff them, if you whatever you need to do, and the Lord's fixing to cast him out. You imagine he's been waiting a long time for this. And what will allow Satan to be cast out? The queen, the very queen that he's lied on, the very queen that he's tried to do everything to stop her from culminating in this position, and yet she walks right in. Oh, you're talking about tormenting that devil? The bride goes up. I don't know how long he's there. A moment? Five minutes? I don't know. But the bride goes up first and then he's thrown out. Praise be to God. The church is taken up and Satan is cast out. When the church goes up, Satan comes down. Then Satan incarnates himself in the Antichrist and it's called the beast. My Revelation 12, 8, and prevail not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Jesus going into heaven and his resurrection did not stop him from still having access. Hallelujah. Why? Why did not Jesus fulfill the scripture that whenever he raised from the dead, that death was swallowed up in victory? But the Bible says in our resurrection, our resurrection, 
Then shall be brought to pass that saying, death is swallowed up in victory in the resurrection of the bride. Why? Because he allocated that portion of the word for the bride to fulfill. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not how good we are. It's not what we can do about it. We simply are anointed to walk in the part of the word that's given to us. And may I say, all hell will never stop us. All hell will never stop us because the same God who created the heavens and the earth is the one who allocated our portion of the word for this day. May I say it with all respect. This is why we're not waiting for Brother Branham to raise from the dead and come back and ride around on a white horse and go around and set up some tent somewhere. Brother Branham has fulfilled his part. He said, I'll be a mortal one time. That's all. Amen, 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 amen. I'll say it myself. Amen, 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 amen. I'm not waiting. I'm not praying for Brother Branham to come back. I'm praying for the Lord Jesus to come back. Brother Branham told us the hope of the church in this hour is not him coming back, of course, but the coming of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I want you to notice now in Revelation 12, 9. And that great dragon was cast out. That old serpent. Look at the meaning of this word. With the ancients, the serpent was an emblem of cunning and wisdom. The serpent who deceived Eve was regarded by the Jews as the devil. <laughs> May I say not only by the Jews, but by us. That old, that great dragon which was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Diabolos, false accuser, slanderer, prone to slander. Now, you know what's really sad? It's that there's a lot of human beings like this. They are Diablos. They're slanderers. They're prone to slander. And they choose to tell a lie instead of choosing to tell the truth, which is very, very sad. Satan, the prince of demons, the author of evil, persecuting good men, estranging mankind from God and enticing them to sin, afflicting them with diseases by means of demons who take possession of their bodies at his bidding. But who in the world would want to have a marriage supper of the Lamb with a character like this around so what do you do? The bride comes up. You've got to get rid of Diablos. So what do you do? You cast him out. Notice, more terms identify the devil in this passage of Scripture than any other passage in the entire canon of Scripture as far as putting it all together. So he's that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Satan is adversary. One who opposes. You see that lawyer on the other side. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I object, Your Honor. I object, Your Honor. Objection sustained. Sit down and shut your mouth. Well, I'll tell you one thing. He doesn't so and so. I've got it right here on the book. Well, that's funny. I don't show it on my daily record. Well, I don't know what in the world happened. I've got it right here, sir. Right, right here. He said this, and right here, he done that. I bring up the record, please. Well, right there. What day did you say that was? Day before yesterday. What time? Two thirty in the afternoon. Oh, I see what it was, Satan. You forgot to blot that out because he asked me to forgive him. 
And whenever he asked me to forgive him, I throw that in the depths of the sea. It can never be remembered again. So you, you're sustained again. Evidence thrown out of the case because the evidence has been forgiven. Oh, but, 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 but that ain't fair. You always, you, you, you pet them all the time like you do Job. Uh, I think there's a family resemblance here. They are Job's brothers. That's exactly right. They all belong to me. The elect are mine. And I represent my own as you represent yours. Your people lie because you're a liar. My people believe the truth, tell the truth, they are the truth because I am the truth. You represent yours, I represent mine, I'll save mine, you'll take yours to hell. Ooh, Diablos, the prince of evil spirits, he incites apostasy from God, circumventing men by his wiles, by his demons able to take possession of men and afflict them with diseases by God's assistance. He is overcome. Listen to this now in Revelation 12, 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. So the bride goes up and the devil comes down. And notice what they start singing in heaven. Now is come salvation. And strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Now, I wonder why they didn't say that when Jesus raised from the dead. I wonder why they didn't say that when Jesus went into heaven. When they said, lift you up your everlasting gates and be you lifted up. Why in the world would they sing this now, Brother Darrell, when the female counterpart of the Messiah is coming into glory, hallelujah, and a voice begins to ring out through heaven. All right, saints, get ready. Get ready. I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now is come salvation. Well, blessed be the Lord. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. What is it? Part of God's threefold mystery. To reveal himself in Christ. Christ to reveal himself in the bride. And then there to have the preeminence and take her back to the new kingdom. And yet it's consummated in the resurrection. Hope you understand this. Look, whenever this takes place, it's not just the saints of the seventh church age. Paul has been in the sixth dimension for 2,000 years. Peter has been in the sixth dimension for 2,000 years. Not in a glorified body. When the resurrection takes place, it will be Peter and James and John and Bartholomew and Paul. The Lord Jesus, they've not been allowed to see the Lord Jesus yet. They're waiting in the sixth dimension. Praise be to God. When the resurrection takes place, it will be the resurrection of all seven church ages. And when we walk in there, that will be Paul, Arrhenius, Luther, Wesley, all hallelujah to God. And we will gather under Elijah, Malachi 4, and there will be the whole redemptive work of the Lamb of God with the seven horns. No wonder they'll say salvation, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the strength of our Christ is who? His redeemed body. I don't blame the devil. If I was the devil, I'd try to stop this too. Wouldn't you? But you can't. It's 
more powerful than an atom. It's more powerful than a molecule. Amen. You might divide an atom, but you'll never divide this bride from the love of her husband. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, now, with what? The rapture. With the rapture, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. And yet, this is not the break of the millennium. The kingdom of our God is coming? Yes. Lo, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God has been upon the earth in the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But before it becomes the kingdom of heaven in the millennium, the kingdom of God and every one of our hearts, the kingdom of God will be gathered into the kingdom of heaven and we'll have a marriage supper. And after we have that, the kingdom of God will walk out upon the earth in the millennium and expressing the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, human hearts redeemed by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the blood of the Lord Jesus, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser, glory to God, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. Why? He's trying to stop this very event we just read about. Did he stop them from building the temple? Absolutely not. Did he cause Job to turn back away from God? Absolutely not. Will he stop one of God's elect in this hour? Totally impossible. It's already written in the Word, so let it be written, so let it be done. Why, God has allocated this portion of the Word for this hour. Hallelujah. Oh my, whenever they saw the rapture of these great angelic choir, I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now has come salvation and strength. Praise God. Who is His strength on the earth? What does the horn represent? The animal strength. What were those horns? The church ages, the messengers. And the eye and the horn was the messenger. And the horn was his strength on the earth. A God group sent, God sent group of people that's here to protect the rights of the lamb. Praise be to God. Glory be to God. The kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Listen how often he does it. You can tell we were enough human. Apparently had enough stuff. Stay before the throne of God pretty much continually. I hope this wasn't just said about me alone. I hope some of the rest of y'all was identified in this too. He wasn't there once a month. I realize some of the folks who come to this church feel like, oh, he could do that once a year. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably one of the worst ones. Self-righteous. Who accused them before our God. How often, brothers? D 
day and night, continually, as Brother Darrell said. When him, oh my, he and his accursed followers are hurled from the heavens, a voice of praise is heard above every other thing that's been said thus far. A loud voice, a voice that celebrates the full salvation of the plan of the redemption of the kingdom of God. Now the earth is still yet under, of course, and on the tribulation period and all that. But the heavens are rejoicing when the bride is raptured. The heavens break out into a loud noise and somebody up there, I don't know who it was, but somebody up there must have got pretty excited. And they didn't say, now everybody out there, what I want you to do, we're so happy that the bride has come home. So everybody just be real quiet now. Be still and know that I am God. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says a loud voice. This voice celebrates the salvation, the strength, the kingdom, and the power of our God and of his anointed Theos, his anointed son. His word made manifest and here is his queen. Here is the full work of redemption. There will be millions. Oh my, there will be the martyrs. There will be the dark ages. There will be all the saints of God in glorified bodies. And they'll be gathered around the throne of God. Amen. There will be Peter, James, John, Paul, as I said, walking up before the throne of God. And the heavens, can you imagine? The angels rejoice when you give your heart to God. You cause the angels to rejoice. I'm not sure what they do. I don't know if they dance, if they run, if they jump, if they holler, they shout. But the angels rejoice when a sinner comes to God. If they've done that when I got saved, can you imagine what they'll do when I get changed? When I will walk before the throne of God and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. And Jesus will say, finally, Donnie, you made it. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Let me go just a bit further. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him. Glory to God. And the word overcame is nikao, which means conquer, prevail, get the victory, to carry off the victory. I believe, brothers, we ought to leave this building today with some victory packed off. Those of you that's at home and you're feeling sad and all that in your heart, may this be your day. You'll get to pack off some victory from the devil. I know this type of atmosphere that we're living under, it's a sad, gloomy, heavy type of thing. Don't let that thing rob your joy, saints. Don't let that thing steal your joy. God wants you to be happy even in the midst of trouble. We need to pack off our victory. Notice what they've done. And they, who? All of those that were standing there, that he was accusing them day and night. But this is what the word says they were doing. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You see, the believer's legal testimony of what the word says about them counts more than Satan's false accusations and lies. Now the prophet tells us that Jesus can only do for us in heaven as we confess on the earth 
that he's doing it. So if we say we're no count, we're rotten, we're no good, I'm not a very good Christian, don't expect Jesus to back up your testimony in heaven. But Satan will go before the throne of God, as it were in tight, and say, look, look what he said. You told him not to say that. There's never been another age in which the church age messenger said so many positive things to them people. And yet look at them. They talk negative. They talk down. They talk all these things all the time. They don't think they're worthy. They don't think they should go to church. They don't think they fit in the church. I get them so down and so gloomy. And yet you told them not to do it. But if you testify what the Word says. Now some people, of course, for years and years have said that they look at this and say, well, the Word of their testimony is having a testimony meeting. That ain't what the Bible says. It's their walk. It's their everyday life. Their testimony which they bore to the truth. It's not having a testimony. Well, can I testify I want to overcome by, I want to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the Word of my Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord Jesus for His mercy. If you're not careful, every time you get done, my, my, you don't kill the Spirit, you know, because they go to blessing the devil. Well, hallelujah. That old devil, bless his name. Oh, I'm going through so much strife. I'm going through so much. You ain't overcoming nothing by that. Except overcoming that good feeling that we had. And you done killed it there in a hammer. So they're not overcomers by giving a testimony. But it's by their life. Their sufferings. Their difficulty. In the midst of their difficulty. They still believe God. You are testifying whenever you're down. And yet your faith says my God will supply all of my need. You're testifying. You're testifying. Brother Ram said when you witness to your neighbor. You're testifying that you believe in healing when the doctor says you're going to die but you said by his stripes I am healed you are testifying this is the way we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony let me close with this verse 12 therefore rejoice praise God ye heavens my my and ye that dwell in them. I find it amazing that this same event can cause such contrast between heaven and earth. Therefore rejoice. Can you imagine the heavens will be dancing and shouting and worshiping God at the day of the resurrection. And ye that dwell in them. But notice what happens to the people on the earth. Whoa. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath. Wonder why he's all been out of shape. <laughs> you added to that temper fit. He just got kicked out. Hey look, that was his last trip into heaven. <laughs> never again never again glory be to God God when the rapture took place and the bride goes up God puts up a no trespassing sign to the devil and all his demons never again will they be allowed to break into the bride <laughs> amen into the bride chamber this is why we must have a new heavens and a new earth he's going to prepare a new city remember there's never been one demon ever made one foot track down them streets of gold there ain't never been one devil oh he's been right there before the throne of God but John said I saw a new heaven 
heavens and a new earth. Hallelujah. And when the bride comes up, can't you see how much of Christ's ultimate victory at Calvary ties into the resurrection of the bride and the culmination of the work of the church ages? If this does not happen, friends, the whole reputation of God is lost. If this does not happen, God is a complete failure. But get your dancing shoes on because it's going to happen. Praise God. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knows that he hath but a short time. Three and a half years and he comes down so mad and so angry. But by then, we won't really care. Praise be to God. But the devil, you grab your mama by the hand. The miraculous part about it is you and her will be the same age. Praise be to God. We'll see those saints that have gone on and the heavens will rejoice. The angel choir will be gathering around. Why? Because the work of the Lord Jesus has been consummated. It's been consummated. Why the greatest achievement? Oh, but Brother Donnie, the earth, the earth is nothing. The earth is nothing compared to you. The earth is nothing. The earth hasn't caused him any problems. The earth has not fell short of the glory of God. Where he doesn't intervene for the earth. He does not intercede for the earth. He's not there day after day after day for the earth. It's these earths and vessels he's interceding for. So the heavens, once the bride get there, the heavens can go in their head and rejoice as if the millennium's already set in order. Said, but I got the problem took care of now. From here on out, it's easy breezing. Praise God. So he said, I'll tell you what, angels, let's just go ahead and shout. Let's just go ahead and rejoice. Praise God. Because the queen of salvation has come home. Crown her. Bring the diadem. Set her at the table. Oh, but before we do that, let me go down and put each of them my hand on their shoulder as they look up into my face. And I see them human tears as they come out of their eyes, even in glorified bodies. And I'll wipe them tears from their eyes and say, don't cry no more. You're home. You're home. Let me not go into this too much but let me just say it this way simply your future is in your past your future is in your past not in your past as a mortal further beyond that hallelujah hallelujah where you're going it's reflected by where you come from. Let's bow our heads together. God bless you, saints. Oh, I'll be so happy when we all gather together again. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you today, Lord, for your great love for us. What made this all possible was the kenosis of our Christ. Thank you, Lord. You loved us so much that you emptied out to come to this world. 
But Satan is so full of himself. He thinks he's so beautiful and so great and so wonderful. To this day, he cannot comprehend such things. He does not comprehend it in the extension of your love as it dwells in the hearts of human beings. So he accuses us before your throne day and night. And you, as it were, in the shadow of the type of the way we reflect the story today, are there pleading forgiveness and pardon and mercy. As long as we're in these mortal bodies, we need a priest. Praise God. This is why we know that the rapture will be synchronized. The whole thing of the rapture is the momentum. You will change your garments, as it were, from being the high priest to being our king. For the bride will crown you, king of kings and lord of lords. But we can't crown a priest. So you'll change your garments, as it were. When you go in behind the curtains and come out, you come out dressed in your great kingly robes, the angels will know it's rapture day. And when you change your garments, it's a sign that we're fixing to change ours. Praise God, in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, for those of us that are alive, we will change these filthy garments of our humanity. Glory be to God. Many of our brothers and sisters, some of them maybe would just be in the grave a week or a month or two months. But that body would not be fitting to meet the king. Paul and John and many of them, they went back beyond acids and gases. So you'll call them a new body from their mother earth. Praise God. And in a moment we'll be gathered together. Oh, Jesus. The world won't know what happened. Lord, it just makes me feel so sorry for those who've sat under message ministers, backslid, walked away from it, went to different churches and think, oh, I'm just as good here there as I would be over there. But one day when the rapture takes place, they'll be one of the very few on the earth that'll know what's happened. What a frightening time it would be for a backslidden message person to realize the rapture has taken place and they have been left behind. Oh, Lord God, keep us. Lord Jesus, if there's anything in our hearts, our lives, that's unlike you, search us, oh God. Lord, if there's anything filthy about our garments, as it were, of our humanity, purge us, Lord Jesus. We do not speak, O God, for ourselves. I'm this, I'm that, I'm something else. Our confession, our testimony is in the sacrificial blood of our Lamb. I am accepted in Him. I am loved in Him. Hallelujah. I am free in Him. I'm blameless in Him. Lord Jesus, search every heart of every person, Lord. Those that will hear this service, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, as I read to the church last week where you, your prophet said, it's in the time of great trouble that Jesus comes. Lord, we don't know at what day or what hour. I know people are searching their hearts. I know they are, Lord. Because people's calling me and making things right. People getting emails and people just wanting to be right, God. 
Lord Jesus, help us. We don't want to just make it right now and then when this thing passes, go back to what we were. But Lord, we want to be right and we want to stay right. Help us, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. My judgment was in the judge's hands. And it looked as if though there was no hope. But mercy walked in. Little did I know the judge became my attorney. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today, Lord God. We bless your name, Lord. Glory be to God. Can we just worship him? David said this in Psalms 96.10, Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved, and he shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof. When Christ's kingdom, his purchased kingdom of saints' hearts, are raptured up into heaven, the heavens can't wait to the millennium, Brother Darrell. They can't wait. They'll start rejoicing. The earth will give up the dead, the sea. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the heavens will rejoice. I don't know about you. I don't want to wait till I get there then. I want to rejoice and worship and praise and love my Redeemer right now. Every step of the way home. Because I should have been condemned. I should have been judged. But mercy walked in. God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. Can we sing that? I stood in the courtroom The judge turned my way Looks like you're guilty Now what do you say? I have no defense, but that's when His mercy walked in. Oh, mercy.
years ago when I taught Sunday school, the little kids, and we would do, do games and stuff to, to keep them a little entertained, and the games were predetermined a lot of times. Before the game started, I already, I already knew who was going to win. If there's anything physical or something like that, the girls were going to win. You know, I was going to see to it, but during the whole game, they didn't know that, and the boys didn't know that. And sometimes for the boys, just I got to thinking about our accuser. It's, it's unfair. I mean, he's done a great job. I mean, he's a dirty, low-down, sorry creature, but he's, he's got a rock-solid case against us. But he's our attorney, is our judge. It's fixed. The whole situation is taken care of. Why should we worry? Why should we fear? Let's just sing that this morning. Out on the water The storm's raging high the waters around them were troubled that night. Fear filled their hearts. They thought they would die, but they failed to remember 
let's just love him just a little bit more this morning. Let's make sure, let's make sure that he doesn't go without praise this morning. And I love that man in the middle.
you all remember each other in prayer.